Welcome, welcome, welcome to another great episode of Create, Learn, Implement, aka CLI Podcast. I hope you guys are having an amazing day today. Um, listen, make sure you guys go back and catch all those episodes because um, today's about to be fire with Tiana Trinidad, who is Master's Prepared Registered Nurse, Certified PCOS Hormone Coach, and Founder of Love Served Warm. So stay tuned on the other side for Tiana Trinidad, who has, let me tell y'all, an amazing presence, even by podcast, okay? And she got bars on the other side. Do you believe social media is going to be the death of your business? Or do you have trouble showing up? Well, let me show you how to use social media strategically to grow your business so you can work less while increasing your income with my six-week group coaching program. Get on the wait list now by using the link in the show notes to be the first to know once the program launches. See you then. Perfect. Everyone, please welcome master repaired registered nurse and sister and PCOS health coach. I'm sure I didn't say that right, but Tiana is on the line. She can give us the full scoop. Um, Let's start Tiana by telling us um, a little bit about who you are, some of your background and and, um, things like that. Great. So thank you so much for having me. I'm Tiana. I'm a master's prepared registered nurse and PCOS health and hormone um, coach. Um, I, you know, I really got into this space as a woman with PCOS who um, really was going through my own personal struggles, um, which really got to the pinnacle point um, when I experienced a miscarriage at six months pregnant. And that really set me into, um, set me into a necessary, a necessary spiral, like I like to say it, um, into which I really had to come face to face with getting my life together and um, finding the resources to put myself back together. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's, that's typically how things start. It starts with yourself and then you go down this, um, this, um, I don't want to say rabbit hole, but for lack of better word. Uh, where you try to discover and and this is what you found, correct? Correct. Absolutely. Okay, so so just del- dive into a little bit more about what is PCOS and how do we recognize the symptoms of PCOS? Great. So PCOS is a collection of hormonal imbalances that present in women of various ages. Um, The causes of PCOS are not entirely known at this time, although there is suspected um, hereditary and genetic factors involved. Um, PCOS presents as the number one cause of PCOS, I mean, uh, the number one cause of infertility worldwide. Um, So women usually find out they have PCOS through either having painful or irregular periods, or most women tend to find out um, when it's time to have a baby. They find out that they either have a miscarriage, they're at high risk for miscarriage, or they find that they're unable to get pregnant. And this is usually the first kind of, um, this is kind of like the first um, interaction that women have with PCOS. Yeah. Um, so 
as a NICU nurse, um, I really got into nursing um, to just give you a little bit of back, back about my background. Yeah. Um, when I was very young, my mom gave birth to a 23 week baby. Um, and if we know that a traditional pregnancy is 40 weeks, then we know that's like really premature. She had zero chance to live. However, um, this little girl was born and she just kept fighting. Yeah. Um, so um, eventually the hospital decided that she would never be able to go home because she was so critical. Um, she was vent, she, she had a ventilator. She had a, um, a tracheostomy, a tube for her neck, for her to breathe. She required a, a G tube gastrostomy tube to eat through her stomach 24 hours a day. She didn't eat by mouth. Yeah. Um, and they just determined that her level of care was too grand to ever bring her home. Um, but my mom fell apart emotionally because this was her miracle baby. So um, through a lot of trial and error, um, I decided that I wanted to step up and I wanted the chance to try to bring this baby home. And um, long story short, a local hospital gave me a $40,000 scholarship. And that's how I became a registered nurse um, at a point that I, we were homeless. Um, my mom had fell apart. My, our, our lives have fell apart. Yeah. Um, so, um, so I've always been a NICU nurse, um, starting from my sister. And then I just continued to take care of other children and really to specialize in um, high-risk pregnancies, women giving birth to babies who were born um, too small for viability. And really learning about just everything, just hormones and fertility and all of this stuff, but never really connecting with it on a physical, on a personal level, even though my, my mother experienced it so closely. Yeah. Um, until I um, got married and effortlessly thought that I would get pregnant and give birth to my first son. And when I was six months pregnant on December 26th, the day after Christmas, um, I lost my, my first pregnancy, my first son, Logan. I'm so sorry. Um, thank you. And I feel like that kind of just, um, First of all, that experience of that loss during the holidays, so I couldn't get in touch with doctors. I carried my son until um, I went to the, I confirmed that I lost my son December 26th, but the hospital, you know, at that far along, I had to, I carried my son until December 31st, where I had um, surgery and I actually um, had my son removed. Um, however, just the, the time or the, the care around that time, the lack of, you know, everyone's on vacation. No one really cared. You yeah. know, everyone was moving so fast. Insurance was worried about getting everything in before the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And I was just crippled with like anxiety, um, loss of identity. Like yeah. this woman who saves lives, this woman who, who delivers critical infants for a living and you miss the signs on your six month pregnancy. Like I gained 40 pounds. Um, I developed post-traumatic stress disorder. I, I had trouble going back to work and delivering babies. I just felt like I was an imposter and that everyone knew that I was an imposter. Yeah. Um, and I really think that um, I really had to hit rock bottom before I got to a place where, um, where I could build myself back up. Um, I didn't wanna go to work. I didn't wanna, and going to the doctor, I was normal clinically. I was fine. And the only thing they could offer me was an antidepressant and an anti-anxiety medication, but they couldn't, they couldn't heal my broken heart or my fear that I would never become a mom again. Um, and I, 
And I knew that, um, and, and I feel like in, in being like in that place, in such a dark place and just praying so hard and begging God so much that if he would make me a mom one day, if he would just like, just one time yeah. um, that I would help so many women, I would go back to the NICU, I would deliver whatever he placed in my heart that I would do it um, if I had that chance. Um, and I felt like, you know, that was just a seed that was planted. And, you know, the day you plant the seed is not the day you eat the fruit. Right. But I do feel like, you know, things just started to change. Um, and um, that's when Love Surf Warm was created. Absolutely. That's, it's a beautiful story as, as well as a sad story. But um, it's a story nonetheless that, that, uh, that created the change you needed. And what was the, that process of change like for you to become the woman you are today? So um, I, I always, I've always been a um, very like highly skilled from, from, from very young registered nurse, like it just immense in this ICU and, and everything trauma and, and, and critical care. Yeah. However, it wasn't until I had that experience that I wanted to peel back behind, behind the, how do I explain it? As a woman who was not only a woman experienced this personally, I was experiencing what was going on on the other side as a medical healthcare professional, experiencing yeah. it in both shoes at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So I became, I became curious about what was the incentive for these doctors right like wait does that make that that, that doesn't make sense yeah. what is driving you to provide this kind of care this lack of empathy yeah. acting like you guys don't see like we can't see the patterns of the women who come into this emergency room i work a perinatal icu so i was i worked the icu for pregnant women yeah. and we could see patterns and i'm just like there's something else driving this. So I remember going back for my master's in health law with the concentration in legal regulatory compliance. And when that split open the, the politics behind health insurance and our healthcare system and how our healthcare system was created to be um, reactive instead of proactive, Yes. Um, it made a lot more sense when we started to dive into the spending of Medicaid dollars and and, you know, and just um, pharmaceutical and, and the push for certain doctors to be prescribing certain medications yep. and um, doctors only having 15 minutes to to provide you with care with they know that you need lifestyle remodification, but instead they just offer you a pill to meet a quota within, right? So that, that whole experience of going through that master's degree from, from a, from a place point of a woman who had just suffered yeah. a miss, you know, and someone who was so um, empathic and such a healer, that was really like an eye opener for me. And I really realized that in order to address this, this like this problem that we had, that it was going to really take, like, it was going to take a different perspective. It was really going to take, like, coming from, like, mindset. So I really started to focus on how, like, how do we become, like, stuck in these, in these habits that we have, right? I, I started to notice that you get stuck in a habit and then whether or not it's right or wrong, generationally, it becomes a norm for you and yours. Mm -hmm. 
right? If we can get an American family um, stuck on breakfast cereal, the average American consumes 10 to 15 pounds of breakfast cereal a year. Um, then we've got like a generation of a family who will keep like, you know, we'll keep this breakfast cereal like in business, right? And we realize that so many of the commodities, so many of the government subsidized items are so cheap, cheaply available. And when we realize that the system is broke, it's not meant for, you know, we have to elevate by our consciousness first, because if we try to physically address the situation, we find that we don't have the resources, we're not like properly equipped right? We're going against a system that's like working against us. Yes. Right. That's why a salad is $10 and a burger is a dollar, right. right? Because the government is subsidizing certain things and it makes it harder for us. So it first comes to understand like the mindset, like what's driving these habits? Mm -hmm. What has us stuck in these hamster wheels? Everyone knows McDonald's is not good for us, but yeah. we take our kids there all the time anyway. True. Right. Like, why do we, why do we do what we know is not good for us? Why do we get stuck? The yeah. top three causes of death in the United States are all preventable. No yeah. one, no one wants to, right. No one wants to, to live that life. Right. When I see, when I worked in the ICU, um, I knew that those women at that point, like you, you don't want to be selfish, right? But there's something deeper that's driving that, right? And and I and that's one of the things that I review with my clients is like truly mindset, right? Understanding the grip that your habits hold on you, understanding the limiting beliefs that you have over yourself, understanding how that plays a role in the healthcare that you receive and the treatment that you receive. Absolutely. Right. Are you are you used to being are you used to having your symptoms invalidated? Mm -hmm. Right. That means that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, that's OK, because um, when I reviewed uh, the symptoms of PCOS, I have a friend that I feel like he's going through something similar and she's been going to the doctor for, I would say, months, years, and there's still no answer and <laughs> I don't know, for some reason, I'm like, it's this because it just it just fits so well. But what, what are we missing in the medical uh, industry that's misdiagnosing or not diagnosing women at all? Like what is going on? Oh, there's, there are several factors there, right? There's a lack of, 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 of research grant funding for um, PCOS um, research, right? 0.1% of funding goes to PCOS research because it's mislabeled as a reproductive disorder when it's really an endocrine disorder, right? Mm -hmm. Something like 70% of women with PCOS develop um, experience mental health issues, right? Women with PCOS experience higher risk of cardiovascular disease, diabetes, mm -hmm. right? So it's deeper than just take birth control and come back when you want to get pregnant. Right. It's much deeper than that, right? Um, you know, um, PCOS is hereditary. It affects your ability to um, not only produce eggs, but it affects your daughter's ability to, her fertility, her ability to um, metabolize glucose, right? All of the moves that you make not only affects you, but it affects generationally. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that the problem with our healthcare system is that it's broken and it's not, it's not reactive. It's, it's, it's not, um, excuse me, it's not proactive, it's reactive, yeah. right? It's not meant to equip women with what they truly need, which is education, body literacy. Why aren't women learning more about their menstrual cycles in schools, right? Mm -hmm. Why are we accepting 
birth control as the first form of treatment, right? It's not, it's not to, um, it's not to villainize the women who have no choice but to take birth control because they've been given no other option. And this is what they have to deal with and to, and to, and to manage their symptoms every day. This is not to villainize those women, yeah. but it's to say that collectively, right? As women, we have to come together and say, why is this the preferred form of treatment when it's not even the indicate the primary indication of the medication? Right. Why don't we have something to treat PCOS? Why haven't we gotten together and said, we're not going to accept doctors prescribing our young daughter's birth control before their menstrual cycles have even had a chance to regulate themselves? Why are we allowing our daughters to have a medication which affects their mind, which is known to increase depression, um, so suicidal thoughts at a time where being a young girl is so difficult already as it is with social media? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, why are we allowing this for our for our children? And I think that um, it really comes through education and having these conversations and having these platforms to have um, these open conversations that um, as women, we start to question like why and we start to set better standards for ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that through this, through these conversations, we will invoke change, but um, it's happening very slowly because um, we're talking about something that society wants you to deem as so taboo. Right. Right. Um, if your woman is gaining weight, that's, that's, that's completely normal, right? Women forgetting things. If you're constantly forgetting things, if you're gaining weight, if you're constantly suffering with these intense cravings, if you, um, if your period is, is very heavy, look at these super commercials, these super tampon commercials, Yeah. right? Like we're normalizing taking bleach cotton, right. And, and like plugging this heavy, heavy flow that requires like and no one's questioning like, but why are you even bleeding that heavy in the first place? Exactly, yeah. But, but, but maybe, 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 maybe we shouldn't put bleach cotton, bleach scented cotton, right? Maybe, maybe that has something to do with it, right? right? Yeah. A, a research study came out recently to say that black women, that products that were created and marketed to women of color were the highest in parabens and, and endocrine disruptors. Right. Like we we're pretending like we don't know. We know exactly wh where the cause causes are. However, we don't want to deal with the solution because we know that that affects profit for a lot of companies and a lot of people. Yeah, and that's and, and that's where the problem lies. Yeah, profit above people. I love that you addressed one of my questions without even <laughs> without asking, which is what were the conversations that you were having to discover um, and the real issue that needed to be addressed? So I love that. Tell me, is PCOS more gender, or I'm sorry, not gender, but is it more um, prone to one race over the other? That's a great question. It is not prone to one more to one race over the other. Yeah. However, um, let me take that back. I believe that the indication for women of color is slightly a little bit higher than um, our, the other, our other counterparts. Yeah. However, what I want to hone in more specifically is that the symptoms yeah. are much differently between women of color and women and our counterparts. And uh -huh. women of color experience more severe symptoms. Yes. Like for instance, um, women who are not of color don't experience facial hair in the same way that women of color do. Yeah. 
white women will say, I, I don't, what's facial hair? And black women will say, or women of color will say, oh my God, the facial hair is like, it's, it's a, right. So there's very distinct differences. Yeah. And those dis- distinct differences come from distinct patterns in lifestyles that are different among different ethnicities. Mm-hmm. And that's why healing looks different for women of color. Right. Because a doctor will tell you, cut out all carbs and cut out all sugar. Well, how does that look like to a Puerto Rican and Jamaican woman who eats rice, beans, fried plantains and fried? Like what what exactly can I have from this from this cultural? Like, what can I have from my culture? Can you break that? Can you simplify that a little bit more? Mm -hmm. You know, like we don't that doesn't you know, we need more education. We need to understand how to create how to invoke some of those changes how to reflect those in, in communities of color. Absolutely. And I think that when we don't know how to, in, how to translate those changes, what happens is going back to mindset is that when we, when we try to invoke change, right, we're coming out of our comfort zone yeah. and we find, we find stress, we find that we are unsuccessful, right? Our body, right, human nature wants us to be in our comfort zone. Um, we, we tend to go back to our old habits. So we write back at square one. Yeah. We're like, this doesn't work. I'm writing this off. Yeah, and we true. continue to suffer in silence, yeah. you know, yeah. because we have this deep rooted fear that nothing is going to work out for us. Yeah, absolutely. Mindset is so important in every, to every aspect of life. Um, I'm so glad you brought that up. In, in terms of, um, we're going to dive into the business um, of, of what you do. But before we do that, um, what are some things that we could do to, to, to ease the pain of PCOS? Because it hits some people differently. So what what do you see um, as being the most common indicators and, and how do we ease that? Right, so that's a great question. So a lot of physicians, um, what they do is they use a weight-based approach, yeah. right? Um, they want to, to treat women by the number on the scale. Yeah. Um, and the problem is that PCOS affects all women differently. Um, some women, you know, um, a lot of women do have trouble with weight management, but that's not the ultimate indicator. So yeah. what I do personally is I have an app that monitors all of my clients' biometric indicators. So what that means is we are quantifying your life right? We're technically, we're, we're literally putting a report card on your life because it's only when you measure something that you can, that you can quantify it enough to make it better. What's not measured is not managed, right? So we start with your sleep. How are you sleeping every night? Are you sleeping eight hours a night, right? And how I do that is, um, you know, different, you know, you do it differently, but my clients through the app, they'll have an Apple iWatch or iPhone, and it'll just track when they're active. And, and somehow it, it tracks when they're sleeping, right? And what I'm looking for is patterns, right? I'm also tracking I'm also tracking what they're eating every day. I'm looking at their micro and macronutrients because of what I find as not only as a healthcare coach, but as a, as a registered nurse with like over a decade of experience that a lot of health problems are linked to nothing more than micro nutritional deficiencies in one's diet. And when you correct the way that you eat, you realize that you didn't need half of the medications that you were taking in the first place. Right. So truly like getting down to the root, getting deep and personal with women, right. 
right? I want to know about how many steps you're taking every day, right? Um, I want to know about your mood. I want to know about your cycle length. How long is your cycle? Does it hurt, right? And what we're looking is for patterns, right? We're looking for patterns. Look, girl, around the 15th of this month, you reported that you were sad. And, and, and at the same time, I see that you stopped walking as much. We took like 400 steps less, yeah. right? And then look at what you're eating. We were doing good on our micros, macros and micros. Now we're eating all carbs, no fiber. You didn't get any water in, right? Look, and then I look and I'm like, girl, two weeks later, your period came the most painful you ever reported it. And look, came two days early. It, it came super long, like being able to track your patterns, track what your body's saying to you. Nine out of 10 times, your body tells you everything it needs It needs from you. Yeah. It's just a matter of if you're listening to those whispers before they become screams. Ooh, I love right? Yeah. It's learning body literacy, learning how to, the same way you go to the doctor's office and within 15 minutes of describing your symptoms to someone, you want them to be able to tell you what's wrong. It's about being able to take back control. It's about putting yourself back in the driver's seat, right? Are you tracking your period every day, right? One of my favorite things and my favorite gems to drop is I hear women all the time with birth control focus on women. Why? Women can only get pregnant three days out of the month. Yeah. Why is women focused on birth control and everything else? You know, I teach women to take to to monitor their cycles through through um, body basal tracking, through just taking your temperature every morning with a thermometer, mm -hmm. and it will let you know the three days of the month that you um, are ovulating and the three days that you need to abstain from sex. <laughs> okay, and the brand that I use has proven to be 99.4% effective in, in identifying the days to abstain from to prevent pregnancy. Right. And birth control is only 88% effective. You know, why aren't we learning about, about these natural, why aren't we learning how to follow the rhythms of our own body? Absolutely. You know? I agree. We're, um, we're, it's all based on a machine and outside thinking when we should be focusing inwards, essentially. Correct. It's like this, it's like this ego driven healthcare that believes, right, right. Um, and it's only Western healthcare that believes that through ego driven, like that they can out, outthink what mother nature has spent all of time creating, mm -hmm. you know, your menstrual cycle is the ultimate indicator of hormonal health. You know, it will shut off when it deems it's not healthy and it's not safe for you to reproduce. Yeah. A lot of the women that I run into in the NICU and the NICU are women who could not reproduce on their own naturally. So they went to an IVF clinic and it was done. And then what happened? The pregnancy wasn't viable to nine months. Something went wrong, right? Because a lot of times we don't care to address the root cause. We want, we want a, so we want, we want convenience. We want a solution. We want, you know, and sometimes the answer is not, it's not the convenient one. It's not the one, you know, I wish I could, you know, the one pill. Um, but sometimes the answer is truly deep looking in. Yeah. What are you putting on your hair and your face every day? How do you manage your stress? Who do you vent to? Who holds space for you at the end of each day? Absolutely. Right. Those are the questions that we need to get to, to, um, to get ahead of this PCOS, because I believe that um, it's going to continue to affect women at greater levels, as long as we continue to allow and to, and to make acceptable 
endocrine disruptors in our everyday lives, in our, in our hair care products, in our cleaning products, in our baby foods, right? Um, we have to create the standard that we're no longer going to accept this. Right? Um, just an example, sugar, just basic sugar, table sugar has over 60 different names. And the reason why it has over 60 names is because legislatives and the, and the manufacturers, they keep fighting to keep changing the names to keep consumers confused. Because right. as long as a consumer doesn't recognize what's on the product label, what you're drinking, you're going to most likely look at what's pretty on the food label in the front. Yeah. Right. You're too busy to look at what's in the back. Yeah. Right. So, so education is like the only way through and, and, and I'm so passionate about my program, right? Like, you know, I don't do anything else. Um, I could do a $29 product, right. And, and, and sell out, but I don't, because I truly believe that what women need at this point is truly education on body literacy, like bringing us back to the source, bringing us back to the beginning, reconnecting with our divine femininity, not turning it off, not silencing our symptoms with birth yeah. control, but yeah. truly getting to the root and understanding how what we do in our everyday lives impacts our hormonal, our hormonal health and our ultimate, our ultimately our tree of life. Absolutely. This is such an important topic. I think it needs more time, but I'm glad you're, you know, sharing this information with us. Let's focus a little bit on the business portion, because I know you have a coaching program but I'm going to start here. Do, do you remember the moment when you decided it could be, um, I'm going to say a business and what was the first step you took to, to make it your, um, to turn it into a business for yourself? Um, great. So um, I've always been in a position of um, as a healer and also as a teacher. Um, I went into healthcare very, very, very young. Um, I was 18 and um, I, I went straight into the NICU. Yeah. Um, so I've always been taught, been in, in the facilities to be taught long after completing school, just always in um, containers of continued growth, personal development, uh, professional development. Yeah. Um, um, and then um, I really, then I became a college nursing professor teaching on a, um, a college level. And that was the time that I really got a taste of what it was like to build a curriculum. Yeah. And at that time, I really, I, I wanted so much freedom in what I wanted to teach, but I quickly realized that um, my hands were tied by um, what the school felt was important for them to learn what, you know, yeah. um, so I believe that planted the seed, you know, and just me learning, okay, I'm, I'm capable of creating a curriculum of, of, of teaching a, a group of students of um, both clinically and in the classroom. Um, and then, um, I just started with just this idea that I would build a school. And really that's, that's really how it started. I, um, it took me a very long time because, because I needed to, my husband says like in a way I needed to build this very large foundation of a pyramid before I went upward. So yeah. I, I studied mindset with Dr. Lori Santos at Yale University. I actually got certified through mindset through Yale. Yes. Um, I went to become certified as a um, nutritionist, how to learn how to recook all of the food, right? We eat with our eyes first. Like, how do I make food look good? Yeah. And I really took my time and not like forcing um, the business, but truly like learning all of the bits and parts and becoming 
so good you know i that they, that they couldn't deny me in yeah. in all of the aspects of my business really mastering mindset like the learning about habits formation and and self sabotaging and limiting beliefs yeah. then i went into learning about nutrition learning the nutritional differences between like ethnicities and and how food impacts your hormones and and how um you know just um food in general is driving most PCOS cases. 70% of PCOS cases is driven by insulin resistance, yeah. right? So I started there. Um, and then, um, and then I realized, and then I started doing a lot of market research, right? I gave a lot of free coaching because yeah. I feel like the best way to get something from the universe is to give, like I, I really feel that way. And I feel like it's been at the times where I've had the least and I've given that God has come through and, and blessed me. And I'm, and I'm really the ultimate, like I'm, I'm, I'm the man in the woods. If I can say that, you know, yeah. um, I'm very spiritual, but um, because I believe that there has been so much set out to um, disrupt me from my past. Um, and like that $40,000 scholarship that came out the sky when we were, when we were like homeless, so I could become a registered nurse. Right. So I really was taking my time because I knew that, that in having a heart of service, that, um, that the universe would carry me through. And there was never a doubt that I wouldn't make it or that this wouldn't, this wouldn't evolve into what it's evolved into. Um, I think that at some point I have been so delusional that even my mom has been like, are we going to get a job? Like, is this what we're, you know, I felt like at one point I was um, um, Noah building the ark, right? And like people were like, <laughs> yeah. girl, are you? But in this, in this time, you know, PCOS is blowing up. Yeah. At the same time that I have like put the finishing and, you know, touches cutting the bow on my business and stuff like that. So um, I just feel like, um, how did I create a business? I just wanted to create something that would service women, not necessarily understanding how that would line up in a business in the end, right? Not knowing that I would um, do it in this way, um, but just knowing that I deeply wanted to service, to educate, to empower other women who had went through what I went through mm -hmm. and that I wanted to package it up in such a way that I could make them feel so loved and so seen and so validated. And I knew it wanted to be called Love Served Warm, regardless of what I was doing within it, yeah. right? Um, and, and it really just it really just started to, um, to just like effortlessly, like almost by diffusion, just like transpire in front of me. I mean, I've gotten scholarship from business coaches, just like fall out the sky, just exactly what I need at the exact time. Wow. Um, and if you've ever, if you're familiar with that footsteps poem, um, where it says where there were, when there was one step set of footprints, that's when I carried you. Yeah. Um, like looking back, that's, that's the only thing that I can say, because I just had this faith in this overwhelming faith in my mind that I was going to create something that would touch so many women. And when I look back at some of my most trying times, I see that, like, I feel like this whole thing was spiritual. It was really like carried out. And through those times that I thought there was only one set of footprints, like it was really like God who carried me through. I love that so much. And I love that you also pulled from your experience to build your program, because I strongly believe everything we need, every single thing we need is already inside of us. So what is your advice for women that are trying to find their thing to give to the world? 
Definitely. I feel like my advice is that any seed of adversity brings with it an equivalent seed of, um, brings with it an equivalent seed of advantage, right? Mm -hmm. So, so you have to look at any situation in your life as not what is happening to me, but it's what is happening for me. Right. And I've been in a lot of situations where, you know, um, right out of high school, right before college, boom, my mom gives birth to this baby six months pregnant and um, we go homeless and I lose my chance to go to college. Right. Yeah. And, um, and I'm never like, I'm never in a, in a victim state. And I think that's where a lot of women get trapped in the, why me and the, why is this happening to me? Why? Right. And if instead we can kind of like, just divert our mindset for a minute to ask more empowering questions, like what if I did this and what if I did that more differently? Right. And that, and just, just that little change in your mindset will prime you to, to new opportunities that you didn't even know were present, right? Um, I love to talk about, like, when I talk about mindset with my clients, the reticular activating system in your brain, right? Mm-hmm. You buy a car, I don't know, you buy a white Toyota, and then you see everybody driving a white Toyota, and it's like, did everyone suddenly want to drive the same car as me? Or like, you know, and no, it's not that it's that suddenly your brain has determined that that white Toyota has significance. So now you are primed to see that white Toyota everywhere you go. Yeah. Exactly. It's the same way that if you prime your mindset, right? If you, if you, instead of victimizing yourself, you try to, what if, right? You try to really reach for a better, a greater feeling your mindset will be primed to find the opportunities that already lie within you, right? Experiences that you already have, gifts that you are already using to service people, right? All you need to do, sometimes what we do most is we try to physically outdo ourselves mentally. Um, And my dad always says, the people who work work hard are not smart and people who work smart aren't. Uh, don't work hard, right? Mm -hmm. So I challenge women who are looking to find their gift to the world to, instead of trying to align themselves physically, to more align themselves with their vision of who they are and who they want to be and see how once they've aligned themselves mentally, by diffusion, their physical reality will begin to naturally and effortlessly unfold to match what they already have created for themselves in their minds. Well put. I, I love, there's so many gems in this podcast. Let me say, I'm trying to find a good quote, but <laughs> there's so many. <laughs> okay. Let's go more in depth about um, the period protocol coaching program. Tell me more. Great. So the period protocol coaching program is my signature five-step um, framework methodology, right? It takes a woman through mindset, like understanding why are you stuck in your habits? What are those habits? How do you, we're, what we're looking for in that program is in that, in that part is pattern interruption. The first part is identifying your patterns you, that you're stuck in. And the second part is creating roadblocks and creating things in place to stop you and to create pattern interruption because that and only that is how change is created 
then we go through nutrition, right? We go through nutrition where, where I deeply, and I'm going deep with women, I'm analyzing not only their macronutrients, but their micronutrients, right? Women are plugging in what they're eating every day, and we're having conversations every day. I'm coaching them through their conversations, right? The goal is not to restrict foods. The goal is never not to have what you want to have. The goal is to understand that food that food serves as med food is medicinal. And the goal is to understand how the very foods that you eat fuel you and how they impact you in your day. And you wanna use food as a tool and not allow yourself to be used by food instead, right? Mm -hmm. So we wanna like eliminate that midday crash, that need, that need for something salty or that need for something sweet after you eat something salty, you know, those cravings that we can get. Yeah. Um, and then next is like, body literacy. It's coming to terms with our menstrual cycle. It's learning how to take, you know, learning natural forms of birth control, right? Learning how to do fertility awareness, method. Learn, learning what's in your underwears, right? right? Learning how to understand like the cervical changes that you go through, right? Um, what, 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 how do you know if you're ovulating, right? What, what is supposed to be, what is normal, what a normal period, like what is normal cervical secretions supposed to look like? Yeah. Um, what is a normal period? All of that, all of that stuff what is abnormal how do we fix it we we go deep into that mm -hmm. um and then more than that we do movement right how do i move in a way that supports my body how do i move in a way that doesn't over aggregate my hormones and then ultimately is maintenance right like how do i put all of this information that i learned in a way that will work for my unique lifestyle yeah. Right. Like, like that, like Felicia loves to cook. I'm not Felicia. My name is Tiana and I don't like to cook. So how is your program going to work for me? Right. Right. And, and it's, and it's customizing, it's customizing this signature methodology for every woman that goes to the program because healing looks different for every woman. Um, and I truly, I believe so strongly in this signature framework um, I believe it's only the beginning, you know, for this framework, because I believe that it's truly the steps that need to be taken to, to take recontrol of your lifestyle and your hormones, right? And, 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 and it has, you have to go through mindset. You have to learn about nutrition. You've got to learn about your body. And then you've got to learn how to pull it all together in a way that works for you. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really, um, in a nutshell, what I aim to do in the Healthy Period Protocol. Perfect. And I love that it, it is truly uh, one of a kind. It's a very niche uh, topic, subject, course, and very needed, very necessary. Um, do you also address any kind of questions or, or um, anything specific about making sure we're not misdiagnosed in the program? Definitely. So a lot of the women in the program are not always diagnosed with PCOS, right? Yeah. Um, PCOS can take up to five um, years, um, uh, excuse me, up to 10 years and sometimes up to five different healthcare practitioners to get really? diagnosed. Wow. Yes, um, because there's such a lack of information about PCOS, yeah. right? The criteria for being diagnosed with PCOS is just meeting two out of three of the following. Mm. You have to have an irregular period, signs mm -hmm. of um, increased male androgens and or um, polycystic ovarians, um, um, polycystic ovaries confirmed by an ultrasound, right. right? 
So a lot of times, most women have two, two out of the three off the bat. They have irregular periods, either very painful or long, short, whatever, and they have facial hair. Right off the back, you, you qualify for a diagnosis, right? Um, you have the signs. However, some women experience a lot of trouble in getting diagnosed. Um, so a lot of the women in my program don't necessarily have the PCOS diagnosis. Right. More so they align with the symptoms mm. of what I described for my program. Um, you know, they have trouble getting pregnant. Um, they might have these intense carb cravings that they feel like they are addicted to food. Yeah. They um, cannot lose weight no matter what they do. Mm. So they've identified that they have hormonal imbalances all the, um, despite them not being diagnosed with PCOS, which is a collection of hormonal imbalances. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Understand that. Let's, let's jump into Tiana. Let's talk about you as a medical professional, business owner, mother, wife, um, your day sounds extremely busy. So how do you wind down from a busy, stressful day? Great. That's a great question. You know, um, so I consider myself a minimalist. Yeah. Um, I have, um, I feel like um, I've just detoxed myself from television, honestly. Um, so how I spend a lot of time reading, I'm really into personal development books. Yeah. I really love also like medical research and literature. Yes. Because what I find is that the same way that I discuss patterns in my clients, we are guilty as mankind of falling victim to the same patterns over and over and over again, right? <laughs> You're reading me right now. <laughs> and because I know I'm never going to be old enough to make all of the patterns and mistakes myself, I take a lot of joy and pride in yeah. reading the medical pad uh, the medical errors that we've had, right? Like yeah. the COVID is, a, is just an example of how we have repeated pandemic issues, right? right. Um, and, we, and we make the same mistakes, right? <laughs> and we keep, so just, you know, reading about the, um, I love journaling. I love um, being active outside, spending my time with my kids. Um, and I could just say the most is reading. My library is massive. I, I, can, I can live inside my books. I can disappear for hours um, within the, 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 the covers of a book um, with my highlighter and my pencils. Um, you know, so um, that's really how I wind down. Um, I also love, you know, yoga. I love deep breathing. Um, I'm really into spirituality, um, just meditating. You know, I feel like I'm a, I'm originally from New York City, yeah. um, born and raised, lived my whole life, um, now live in South Florida. And I feel like we are always busy. We are always on to a next goal, yeah, yeah. running to the next thing. So I really pride myself in slowing down and being mindful and being present mm -hmm. in the moment. And I, and I'm, and that's just been a goal of mine for the last maybe like year or two, having less, yes. just being more mindful of what I have, really appreciating every little piece of my day, right? Just waking up and just having like those quiet moments where I'm just like, wow, I, I woke up this morning when so many other people didn't. Yeah wow right and just like just taking that through my day right like just stopping every chance I get like wow there are trees blowing in the wind like and I have vision and sight to see it like wow god like just the wow you know yeah um, yep. 
And I just really try to like vibrate on that frequency of gratitude and just being present um, here with my kids and just um, taking every day as a gift, you know, Absolutely. Um, not taking anything for granted, especially like being a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like out of all of my achievements, my greatest, you uh, know, yes. um, my daughter's birthday is in two weeks. And um, I take pride in making every single one of her decoration from, from, from hand, you know, because yeah. I dreamt of being a Pinterest mom one day and, and, and I'm here, man, <laughs> you know, what, what is, um, what is her birthday specifically? What day? It's April 3rd. Oh my goodness. My daughter's birthday is April 4th. Oh my God. I love it. <laughs> Cause I'm like, wait, I got to ask this question. Yeah. It's amazing. Definitely, yes. <laughs> um, I am doing um, a mini mouse toodles. She's turning two. So we're doing toodles, you know, mini mouse theme. Yeah. Oh, um, so, you know, that, that, those, those, those amazing and miraculous things fulfill my day and just be more mindful and present and just grateful of those little miracles that happen every day. Um, I'm just learning that as I step away from TV and technology, that it allows me to be more present with my kids, more grateful, um, and to really just take pride and just enjoy those moments. You know, these moments that I, that I pray for. Yeah. I love that because um, I feel like that's where I am now, just trying to enjoy the little things and be present. And it doesn't always work, but I'm definitely um, practicing that. So thank you so much. I really um, appreciate all the details you gave. One more thing. Now you're a woman with PCOS. What is your go-to treat when you feel like, you know, eating something, treating yourself with something? Oh man, um, that's a tough one. Um, so I have a ton of like my favorite treats, right? Um, let me see, what's what's my favorite treat right off the top of my head? Um, man, just, this just say it. Don't think about it. <laughs> man, I love every. I just anything without a label, just strawberries. Um, <laughs> okay, there we mangoes. go. Yeah, just. <laughs> but, but I also love like you know uh, chocolate cake and stuff, mm-hmm. and it's. Yeah. But learning to recook those things without flour and without yeah. the toxic ingredients, you know? So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a foodie. You got me. <laughs> That's okay. I love that your component is not just about taking care of your body. It's about the food component and you have your blog where you, you know, you show recipes and, and um, you make it like a holistic, a whole experience, which is why I think your program is also so valuable. You get everything you need to manage your symptoms and and heal. Correct, correct. And that was the goal in creating it, that you would come somewhere and and be so filled with love, so inspired that you would get everything that you need and you would walk away feeling like, you know, like you'd you'd be served love, serve form, you know? And And, and the love, serve norm, it, it captures it captures that, I believe. Where can we find you? Let's say, you know, I'm a woman who, you know, has some of these symptoms or it's diagnosed, where can we find you to be a part of your program to, um, you know, to interact with you? Of course. So you can find me at loveservedwarm.com and then uh, loveservedwarm on all social media platforms, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, um, loveservedwarm. Um, so that's my website. That's my social media handles. And, um, and that's where the Healthy Period Protocol is located. Thank you so much. I'm going to find you right now on TikTok. 
<laughs> yes, please. Thank you, Tiano, for taking the time to speak with me and for giving me so much gems, so many gems I wrote down to, to share with my audience. I'm super grateful. And thank you for taking the time again. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me. You're more than welcome. You take care. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to another great episode. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, as all these things help to keep the podcast alive. Take care. Until next time.